Well, here we go, the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral Podcast. My name is Eddie Cohen. I'm the host, creator of the Spiritual Spiral. This is going to be a really quick intro because there's it's Sunday night and there's fireworks going on everywhere around the city. It, it's not July 4th, but for whatever reason, there's fireworks going off. So I don't want these loud booms going on in the background. So pretty quick intro today. Again, my name is Eddie Cohen. I'm thrilled to welcome my friend, musician, drummer, Jake Reed to the show. He actually was on the podcast probably about a year and three months ago. But, you know, he's he's done the drumming on some of my latest songs that I'm working on right now. I'm hoping to release some in the next few months. And he told me he had a record coming out, and I had to have him on the show because, you know, a big portion of this show is talking about creativity, the creative process. I think social media and technology can really be quite disruptive. And again, I realize if you're an artist, it's very valuable to, of course, share your music on social media. But I think tech and social media, if we're not careful, can be pretty disruptive towards that pretty special creative place that we often have to go to to create art. So when I found out he had a new record, I really wanted to speak to him and have him on the show. And all the music on today's episode was produced, performed by Jake. I mean, he's obviously the drummer on all these songs, but you know, he had some incredible musicians also play on the record. The first half is more, you know, contemporary rock paying homage to some of the music that obviously inspired him back in the 80s, even 70s, Led Zeppelin. And the second half of the record is more jazz-type music, which is really an homage to his wife's band, Trio Kate, where he's the drummer for that band as well. So it's really sort of this front half, back half, two vibes of music that are both fantastic. And I think both halves of the record really show how talented Jake is. He can really play various styles from rock, up-tempo to laid-back jazz vibe. So anyway, I've just i been a big fan of his. And I'm really excited for you guys to hear this conversation and hear his music. The record is called Read Between the Lines. If you head over to his website, Jake Read Music, you can buy the vinyl copy, you can buy CD. Obviously, it's on Spotify or iTunes, but if you're really into vinyl uh, or CD records right now, head over to his website. It's also available on Bandcamp, which I'm sure you can access from his website. But again, it's Jake Reed Music. Um, and that's it. I just I really think it's important to support independent music. And I think it's just so easy for us to head over to Spotify or iTunes and just download this shit for free and... I am going to record a podcast in the next couple months when some of these songs that I'm working on are finally finished. I just, I really want to go through the process that I went through recording music. And it's not this, this sort of process that often takes just, you know, a few hours. You know, some of these songs that I'm working on, it's, it's actually music I've been working on for almost a year. And, and Jake's record, although the back half was recorded in a couple days, the first half of the record was recorded over a couple of years. So this stuff just takes time. And I think we are sort of forgetting how challenging, arduous, and, and painstakingly long this process of creating music can be. So I just, I really, 
I'm just I'm a big fan of Jake, and I, I'm just hoping that uh, more people find out about how talented of a musician he is. So if you dig the show, head over to iTunes, give it a five-star. Please write a review. That stuff really helps. You can head over to my website, IamEddieCohn.com. Find out more about me. You can jump on the newsletter. I'm in the process of writing a couple books and doing music, so my intention eventually is to get a more regular newsletter going on where I'm actually writing a little bit more about my podcast episodes. So head over to iamediecone.com. And if you dig the show, you can also reach out to me on Twitter or Instagram at eddiecone. And again, that's it. Jake Reed, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to me on the show. Head over to his website, Jake Reed Music, and buy the record. As always, thank you so much for listening, supporting, and being a part of the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral podcast. I'm doing good. I'm doing really good. How are you, man? Uh, I'm just fine. I mean, before we um, get into like talking about your new record, um, I just I want to say your videos are freaking awesome on Instagram. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I mean, tell me about that. Like, was it difficult to teach yourself how to do Final Cut, or because I saw like uh, I think Vic Firth. Um, like their company was even was was like showing um, some of the videos and stuff. So I, I don't know. I just I think what you're doing is really cool. So talk to me about it. Oh, thank you. Well, I don't know. I basically my thought is like now if if you put out music and you didn't video yourself recording it, like <laughs> did it actually happen? You know? Yeah, yeah. But but so, but you're really but you're really good at it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I think. Part of that is just like I basically I just video it and then think about like what I want it to sort of look like and then just figure out how to do it. So I I wouldn't say that I'm like an expert video editor yet, but, you know, I just basically type it into the Internet. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, how do I do this? And then it spits it out. And well, hopefully tells me tells me the answer. <laughs> yeah, well, you bring up a good point. I mean, I feel like you know you're right. If if um, we don't post any photos or videos about what we're doing, then uh, nobody's going to have any idea. It's like it doesn't exist or something. So it's it's right. it's weird. Yeah, but but you have to you have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> um. So talk to me. The, the record's called, I, you know, I just, I had to reach out and have you on the show because you've done some drumming for me for, for um, you know, my music. And I just, I wanted to talk to you about the record. I know you're a drummer and I've known you as a drummer, but, you know, sort of um, what inspired the record? Um, what inspired you to go into that world of, of releasing a record when nobody seems to be releasing music anymore <laughs> or release or putting out like full records? Yeah, well, that's a good question. First of all, I've never done it before. And, you know, I grew up listening to albums and records or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So, and it's always sort of been a goal of mine. Um, So I just 
figured that like now's the time to do it. And, I mean, I've been on it for a couple of years too. So, and a lot of people are saying, "Oh, you should put out a record. Oh, you should put put out some music of your own." And my wife Kate, who's a fantastic pianist, uh, she has a band called Trio Kate, which we've talked about that before. Uh-huh. But um, she was like, "Yeah, you should, you know, seriously, like just think about putting out some music of your own." So when I was conceptualizing the whole thing, it's like, okay, if I were to put out an album of my own, what would I actually do? Right. You know, because yeah. I like so many different styles of music. You know, and I play drums. Yeah. It's like I could put out an album of just me blasting away on the drums, but that's not that interesting. <laughs> well, you did a really yeah. you did a really good job. I mean, you're pl- you're playing. Uh, I want to play one of the tracks right now. Um, OK. It's there's my, my two favorites are AM, FM and then World Champions. I really like too because it, it's kind of got this sort of dire straits money for nothing beginning. Totally. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, so that was the whole concept for the album was like, you know what? I'm just going to do an album that's like every style of music I like to do. Okay. You know, like, so like there's a lot of just jazz stuff on the album, which, you know, which I love to do. Right. And then there's like all this stuff that's like, you know, AMFM kind of has like this like classic, like classic rock. Uh, blues vibe to it, like Led Zeppelin or something. So what was it like? I'm gonna play it in the background. What made you want to go? You went, you you went full out. Like you did vinyl and making CDs, and in a world of people just like downloading off of Spotify and iTunes and stuff. So you know, what was what was your thinking with this? And, I, and I'm sure a lot of it is just you're so enthusiastic. You want people to to just grab it and listen. But you know, what, what was your thinking about the release? Yeah, I mean, part of it again is like. I mean, I almost think of like putting out a CD now is like a, it's like a glorified business card of sorts, you know? Yeah. It's like, I recorded all of this in my home studio, which, you know, you know what the drums sound like here. Totally. <laughs> you know, from your music that I've recorded for you. But um, yeah, so I think putting out a, a CD is like a business card of sorts, especially mm. when I do it all in my home studio. So that was sort of part of it, but it was also like, I just wanted to put out some music of my own, you know, just I've played on so many other people's albums and done gigs for so many other artists. And sometimes, you know, especially in Los Angeles, 
the world of Hollywood, you sort of get typecasted sometimes. You know, yeah. like actors get, oh, that, that actor's this type of uh, character, you know? Right. Um, so that happens with drums, too. You know, it happens with every instrument. And the, the truth is, I just love playing so many different styles. I, I don't really categorize myself as, like, one genre or one type of drummer. So that's kind of why I did this. But I guess to answer your question, I think people are buying albums again. You know, people like the idea of buying something real that they can hold. Yeah. And maybe not a CD since people don't even have CD players anymore. <laughs> but a lot of people already, I mean, the album hasn't even come out. It doesn't come out till Friday. Um, but a lot of people are already picking up a vinyl copy, you know. That's awesome. Where now where can people go? What's your website again? Is it jakereadmusic.com? That's it. Yeah. All right, cool. Hold yeah. on. Let me just play Jake a little. Music. Let me play I have a, a band. I have a band camp page. Okay, you know, cool. That people can go to. Um, and then it'll be on all the streaming sites soon enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but for now, buy the buy the freaking record, you know, or get it on Bandcamp. So who who wrote the music? I mean, was this cuz I got the sense when I was reading the bio about it that Part of it was recorded over a couple of years, and then the back half of the record was actually just recorded in a day? Yeah, that's exactly right. But the thing is, I wrote all of the compositions. Okay. Um, th- but the thing is, you know, when you're composing instrumental music, some of it's all written out, you know, almost like a, a piece of classical music or something. But right. um, there's also a lot of space I left open you know, throughout the songs, like in the middle there, there's like a big guitar solo. Right. Which I didn't write any of that. That's all Andrew Sinowicz, the guitar player on there. He was a great session guitar player here in town. And he improvised that entire section. And then the part that happens right after that is uh, there's this great keyboardist, Larry Goldings, uh, who's, I mean, he has a great trio of his own jazz trio, but he also plays with like James Taylor and John Mayer. And okay. A lot of different artists like that. But he totally improvised everything he played on there. You know, he, I sort of gave him like sort of like a guide track for or, you know, like these are the chord changes. Right. This is where I want you to solo. This is where I don't want you to play anything. That kind of thing. So part of it's like composed and part of it is left open for interpretation by the like my friends that I got to play on it. Yeah. Gee, I mean, it's it's weird. I'm just thinking just. And you're probably friends with a lot of drummers. Do, do drummers ever feel like they, and maybe bass players also, it's sort of like you've got the singer, the guitar player sort of potentially has this pizzazz and flash because they can really guitar solo a lot. And of course there's drum solos, but does, do drummers ever feel like they're sort of the unsung hero or something? I don't know. I feel like sometimes drummers, I think it would depend on the drummer, right? Right. But I think sometimes drummers feel like they're trying too hard to be the hero, hmm. you know. Um, but yeah, I think it's just because there are some drummers who I would say their goal in life is just to be a song drummer. You know, you know. In other words, they just everything they play is for the song they're playing on. Whereas some drummers want to be like guitar hero style drummer, where they're at the forefront of the band. Right. You know, so I think it varies for everybody. Yeah, it feels like I forgot who told me this, but the best drummers um, play the song, and I yeah. I think go ahead. I tend to think that. Yeah, 
because um, I think that, and I think a lot of times drummers often get the music before a lot of other stuff potentially is down. So I think there's also this sort of foreshadowing. I don't know. Talk to me because we, I think we've talked about it before, but I do find it interesting where sometimes you're given a track where there's really like nothing going on and you have to be careful not to sort of overwhelm the track. I mean, tell, tell right. just sort of explain what you're thinking when you get a song that what are the different ways in which you are presented a song to play on? Right. So there's a few different ways. Sometimes, um, for instance, some, some producers or artists I work for will send me a song that's completely finished, mm-hmm. except they have a programmed drum part and they just want it to feel more human or they just want me to play on it and, you know, kind of put in my two cents on how I would play it, you know, because they right. like my aesthetics or my sound or my tendencies, you know, my sensibilities. Okay. Um, so sometimes I get the track and it's completely <laughs> finished. So I, it's really easy to get a clear idea of like, okay, this is where I can kind of play out a little bit more. And this is where I need to be like drummer guy in the background. Right. You know? Yeah. Uh, sometimes though, on the other hand, uh, this just happened the other day. I was working remotely for a guy who's on the East coast and he literally sent me, him playing acoustic guitar and singing. That was all it was. And he was like, oh, I'm going to add guitars and bass and keyboards later. So so it's kind of up to me to just imagine what's going to be in that space. Right. You know, and, and part of that is, you know, different producers and artists will give you uh, a reference. You know, like he, he was saying, oh, this is kind of like Wilco or like hmm. the White Album you know, so when people, when artists are able to give you a clear sense of the sound they're going for or like the style of drumming they want, then it helps better inform me of exactly what it is I need to do on their song. Yeah. You know, well, you, so I guess that's that's what's interesting about doing your own album is you can kind of do whatever you want. Right. Right. Uh, and, and also it gave me an opportunity to be sort of more specific about the sounds I wanted to use and um, just like the vibe I wanted to present, you know? Did you all along set out to make an album or was, did you sort of just start feeling like you're recording some songs and then before you knew it, you're like, oh, wait, I've got some stuff going on. Or, or the, And then why did you decide to meet i think with your wife and possibly cooper to just to sort of like close out the record i mean what was did you were you thinking like oh we're halfway there let's try and finish this thing or what what were you thinking right um well again i i sort of conceptualized the entire thing before i did it which okay. doesn't always happen that way right but i sort of thought to myself okay if this is going to be like my first statement as an artist, what is it I'm going to do that would sort of be like an introduction to what I am or who I am or whatever, whatever you want to right. sort of philosophical approach you want to take. So there's, I mean, I don't know. We just listened to AMFM, right? Mm-hmm. That was the song we just listened to. So there's a great album again, since I was talking about how I'm not really sure, like, like who I am or like, I love playing all these different styles. There's this great comedy album from George Carlin (laughs) from 
from uh, the 70s called FM and AM. I don't know if you're familiar with that album. No. Where, so the front half of the album, you know, before he was like this hippie dad, he was like a real straight-laced, like what they would call white-collar comedian, you know, like where he would do club dates and he was like entertaining all of like the Wall Street businessmen, things like that, you know, like right. doing... Nothing contra- uh, controversial at all, you know. <laughs> that's hard to believe. Yeah, so and before he really became his own, own thing, that's what he did. Yeah. You know? It, uh, and then the back half of the record is him doing, like, this his new vibe. You know, like, I'm doing the controversial saying what I think, but in a really funny way. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. So, not that I'm trying to be that or something, but... I kind of took his concept of the front half of the album is one thing, the back half of the album is this other thing. And that's sort of the concept I, I embraced with doing this album, you know, because I that's kind of where I'm coming from as a, as a musician. If you listen to the album, it's like the front half of the album is very produced sounding and versatile, um, different sounds and grooves, uh, lots of different textures and very well organized. Right. Yeah. Whereas like back half of the album is completely open ended improvised jazz. Your wife must be really proud, I imagine. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. She's. I mean, she's put out five or six albums under her own name. So what's the plan? Like, uh, I, I got a couple of questions I want to ask about um, something else I'm thinking. But what's the plan for the record? I mean, do you are you going to do some shows, or or was that the plan? And then all of a sudden, it just kind of got ruined, or. Yeah, well, the plan was the album was originally supposed to come out back in May. And then the pandemic was happening and I was like, you know, I'm just going to like wait. And then I have a, I have a radio promotion company who kind of helps get the, the record played on like regional radio stations. Sure. Uh, like college radio and whatever you want to call it. Um, and they were like, yeah, why don't we put it off until like mid-June? Okay. I was like, cool, that sounds fine. And then, um, you know, everything happened with with George Floyd and, yeah, you know, so, and it sort of like coincided with the re- record release. And, you know, the thing is, honestly, like, 
not not to like get too into the subject. I know we're trying to think think about just the the record, but you know, I'm so influenced by black music and black drummers, and yeah. always have been. So I thought, you know, like if there's any way that I can get involved in what's going on right now, it would be that when my album comes out on that release day, which is June 19th, which is Juneteenth, hmm. you know, I thought anyone who buys an album from my website or from my Bandcamp page that day, on that day, I'll, I'll donate 100% of the sales to the NAACP Legal Defense Fund. Wow. And the other thing is Bandcamp is also doing that. They're, they're donating their share of, the, of their revenue that day. That was sort of like, I was like, you know, that would be a great way to sort of get involved and donate. Um, and also just put out the record and, you know, not, not really delay it anymore. Yeah. So that was sort of where I was coming from with it. No, that's a great homage. And, and gosh, man, it's just, it's, you know, even I know Willie um, Led Zeppelin talks about being so influenced by the blues and Willie Dixon and yeah, and just, Alan Wolf. Yeah, we know. we think about how influential and powerful that music was. I mean, Bruno Mars came, of course, from James Brown. I mean, it's just like just totally. And I don't know, man. It's it's yeah. It just makes yeah, it makes a lot of sense what you're talking about. I mean, that music and and back in the. I don't know, the 50s, 60s, 70s. I mean, just to not to give you too much of a history lesson, but right. the instrument I play, you know, the drum set. Yeah. The drum set was basically born in New Orleans. Hmm. You know, and it came from this um this um amalgam, I guess you want to call it, of drums from different parts of the world, right? In different sounds. Yeah. You know, like the bass drum and the snare drum are primarily, it's a European instrument, right? Both of those instruments are European. But, you know, like tom-toms sort of have, but they, those are like an African sound. The cymbals are Turkish, hmm. you know, cowbells and different bells that we play that are percussion instruments. Those are all West African instruments, you know? So the thing is, it was all put together in New Orleans, right? Right. And pretty much dispersed from there. Wow. Diffused, I guess, if you want to say. Um, and that's kind of like, to me, like, it's interesting to think about this, but, you know, if you think about classical music, like Western European classical music, mm-hmm. it all kind of comes from the keyboard, from piano. Right, right. right. Well, if you think about modern American music, it all comes from the drum set, right? It's all about the groove. Yeah. It's all about the pocket and the feel and all these different styles of music. We we talk about so much of it having to do with the feeling of the rhythm, right? Which comes from the drums. Yeah, and it's it's funny, I think, in this a couple more things and I'll let you go, but that does sort of as a helicopter's flying overhead, sorry. You know, I I, I love tech. I can't hear it. Good. I, I love tech, and I and I I think drum loops are great, and um, I use them all the time. And and but it, it it does feel like it's hard to replicate. Um, you know what a guitar player is doing 
on a keyboard or like an electronic version of a guitar. Um, but these the drum loops and the drum samples can sound really good. And obviously a lot of electronic music, musicians are using them. But they do still lack that human element that you can't replicate. Yeah. And uh, I'm... It'll be interesting to see. I don't know like what percentage of music is using loops and samples now as opposed to live drums, but maybe you know better than I just sort of how the humanness of drums has sort of ebbed and flowed over the last 30, 40 years. I don't know. Are we moving right. are we moving more towards live drums again or is it always sort of um I don't know. I mean, I guess if I had to like try to give my take on it, I would say it's more of a hybrid yeah you know it's, i wouldn't say that we're like the pendulum swinging back to only humans playing drums or it's only swinging toward program drums but i mean obviously the vast majority of pop music are program drums right samples and whatnot right um but i would say a lot of music a lot of modern music that isn't necessarily popular or is definitely using a hybrid of the two. Yeah. And then last question, and I'll let you go. Um, how has COVID-19 impacted uh, your workflow? And, and, and I'm curious if, if, you know, I know the movie industry sort of like stopped for a little bit. And I'm just wondering, yeah. are you still getting a lot of calls and emails to, to put out music? Or are people reaching out to you how has your workflow changed over the last you know few months well there are no live performances so that is completely oh, stopped sure um although some people are starting to play live again i've been seeing it on facebook you know people are streaming gigs now where they're actually playing in public for people hmm. um but in terms of me person it's all recording at home now yeah which has been you know, it's actually cool. It's okay. Um, and in some respects, I've been busier than ever, you know, because the other thing is I've just been trying to get everything ready for this album to put out this record. Yeah. So it takes a lot of work. Cause I, I'm not on a record label. I mean, I'm sort of on my wife's record label, which means I still have to do all the work. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, oh, yeah. It's a, it's a full I'm getting like, yeah, just getting the, the album pressed, you know. Um, mailing it to the rec, uh, to the radio people, um, getting it up on all the all the streaming sites, on my website. Just you know, there's so many things that that music. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, no, it's. Uh, I think that's one of the things that I struggle with, just with what technology and social media have done. They sort of have created a world where the artist has to do a lot of that sort of. Uh, legwork that has nothing to do with creativity Um, and it just it takes a lot of time yeah so it's sort of like become an exercise in efficiency and time management yes like how can i just do this stuff as quickly as possible but also make it really good right um so uh, but i mean the thing is i definitely front-loaded the work with making the music really good and that's sort of always been my guiding light of sorts is like if i can just make the music really good, like work on this music as hard as I can and just give it my all and give it my best shot. 
then in a way, everything else will take care of itself after that. Right, right. So, and hopefully that actually works, but that was sort of my, my concept. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I think that's the smart way to go. And I, I think it worked. I think it's, I listened to it all weekend. I, I'm, I think you should be really stoked. Um, it's a freaking great album. And I've, I've been a huge fan of you, you just as a drummer, uh, just meeting you a couple of years ago. And, and it's funny that I will say, um, it is challenging though for me before I let you go just to because I, I like being in the room when the guitar player drummer is playing so and even I, I have a mixer mixing a, a song for me right now and it's it's challenging to sort of communicate what you hear in your head and not being in the room so it's you know yeah it's challenging totally challenging um so and some of the some of the songs I did on the record we I, I wasn't in the room when some of the stuff was recorded, right? But yeah. some of it I was. And some of it, we all recorded together as a band at the same time. Right. But then some of it was all overdubbed later, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I guess that's the 21st century way of making music now is, you know, back in the 60s, for instance everyone was just in the same room and you would just cut the record all at the same time. And then it was done. You know? yeah, it, yeah. It would get mixed and then that was it. Move on to something else. Yeah. You don't actually book a real studio because they're all closed. Uh, there's no sort of, um, you know, poke to like, Hey, you need to finish your album. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. 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 So that's the other challenge behind all this is finding, finding ways to hold yourself accountable and, just finish the work you set out to do. Right. Well, so, anyway, yeah. So I, that's another reason I was just like, I'm just putting this out. It's, it's going out to the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, at some point you just got to just let it go and it's got to go. Just, yeah. Yeah. And just say like, you know, or even just saying something as simple as this song is finished. I don't need to put anything else on this song. It doesn't need like another shaker part on top of it or, you know. Right. Well, Jake Reed, the record's called Read Between the Lines, but R-E-E-D. There it is. Hold on, let me get a photo. Got a, um, as you say, if, if you don't get photos, it, it just, the stuff doesn't exist anymore. I've got my cat in the background scratching. Perfect. Looks good. Hang on. Let me, yeah. po- let me post it. The record's called Read Between the Lines. It's um, a, it, it comes out June 19th? Just on yep, your... This, this Friday. Okay, like just on your website or everywhere? Everywhere. Okay, cool. But you can get you can, it You can get it on your website now. Yeah, yeah. Now you can pre-order all the streaming sites Friday and, you know. Yeah. Well, congratulations. It'll be out in the world officially. Well, it's a, it's a big deal, man. Congratulations. I, I'm a huge fan of your playing, and the, and the record sounds great, and I hope people go out and buy it or buy it online. And you, it, just the videos you post are really cool and creative, and I just think you're doing some great work. It's really awesome. Thank you. It's yeah, the man. 21st century of being an artist, right? I guess so, right? Yeah. Uh, cool, man. Well, I appreciate you taking the time. Um, cool. Uh, thanks so much for talking to me about it. I know you're busy too, so thanks for taking time out of your schedule to hang and talk about my music. Cool, man. Well, have great, a, man. Yeah, have a great day. Thank you. Yeah, you too. Later, I'll talk Jake. To you soon. I'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.